Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, it's the death lineup, the quick and dirty edition of the show. We're just going to hit a couple of things on this Friday night and uh, let people get to their weekends here. So, uh, Bri, I think you caught up to the games, right? I'm caught up now. It's been a minute. Now that I realize, now that I just asked you that, I think I still have like five minutes left of last night's game. (laughs) (laughs) But I was keeping track of the score as it was happening. Uh, yeah, it, I, I kind of know what happened, but yeah, I haven't actually finished that game. I think literally last pod we did this that I was on, I said, I want to say it was literally after the Denver game. I said that it's interesting to kind of be a little behind on the games and then get to kind of all watch them in one go as opposed to waiting days between games because you can kind of see, you know, it's just like a different viewpoint. Like, I feel like I'm seeing... Um, you know, the adjustments they make on a game to game basis quicker, but then also being like, okay, there's the same issues. I don't know. It's just a different perspective watching kind of everything and really like a three hour window watching mm-hmm. like four games in a three hour window. So, um, but what I did notice though, is cause I watched Sacramento. Um, I want to say the day before the Clippers game and you see the collapse, right. And then in the Clipper game in the second or the third quarter, they start coming back and it's like, well, here we go again. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the first topic is, but I don't feel confident that they're going to beat the Clippers without wigs. So, I guess the first topic is, are the Warriors actually at a crossroads here? That is the first question. Uh, a, crossroads, a crossroads in what sense? Like if they're a contender or not? Do they have to make changes or can, or are they going to be able to run out? Cause we just, we just celebrated this special day of uh, 11, 30, 23. Right. And, and it really, what it did is it just made you realize like, okay, these are the guys, these have been the guys in the first 19 games. Can they still be the guys for the warriors to compete and, and make a playoff run? from what you've seen, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Um, I feel like what we talked about in the Denver game still presents itself. The first topic we talked about after the Denver game was, it feels like they need a secondary score. What kind of what JP was last year, kind of what clay was last year as well. Just someone who can create off the dribble and get a bucket. And his name is not Stephen Curry. It still feels like that's potentially the issue. And it feels like Clay, you know, if we want to give Clay the longest leash possible, he's a, a legend in his own right for the Bay. He's going to have a statue at some point, right? But it's interesting that his issues aren't necessarily like, not only is it like a shooting slump, it's like boneheaded arrow errors, like rookie mistakes that you see from Clay, where the, there's consecutive turnovers and then, you know, he's getting mad at himself. And I'm not necessarily saying that 
advocating for Clay to be moved because I tried to trade him last year as well. But <laughs> I, I, I just think that it's an interesting slump where it's not necessarily like, and he's kind of breaking out of the shooting slump, but it's just really seeing like it's almost, I don't know, non-athletic errors where it's like, it just seems like almost every other player in the NBA can make the easy pass. But when Clay has to do a turnaround pass, it takes too much, too long, too, too long. And the defense is able to anticipate it. Is that because he's unathletic and he's not able to, you know, I, I don't necessarily know, but to answer your question, I am, I am not as optimistic as I was entering the season. And I think that's probably what everyone would, it's probably the easy answer there, but I don't know. What do you think? I think the hard part is the Warriors are forced to be patient because that's just what they do. They were patient in 2022 and it they, they just got to the tournament. But they got to like a thing. 17 and 2. Are you talking are you talking about the championship year? Yeah. But they start I mean how I don't know if they were patient. They started off 17 and 2 or whatever they were. You, you know? remember how the last 20 games of that season went? <laughs> Like it wasn't yes, great. It wasn't great, but you also had the Stephen Curry wasn't healthy. You know, like I think that another thing I wanted to bring up is that I feel like this team, I feel like this team can get to like a very near brink of potential uh, contender status with uh, with this unit. And I just think that, but we're just going to keep watching and we're going to be like, you know, like, oh, you know, we're so close, but, you know, once Wiggs comes back or we're so close, but once CP comes back or we're so close. And I just feel like that issue is going to keep presenting itself Whether I don't know if they'll ever be like fully healthy, but it always feels like there's going to be like, a, you know, they'll, they're, they're right there. But I swear that just this one piece comes back or this one thing goes right and it's going to go our way. And I feel like that's kind of how I've felt watching these games lately. And it's just like the reality of it is that we're an old team and, you know, guys are going to miss games. And that's what we knew going into this getting injury prone CP to pair with Stephen Curry, who hasn't played 65 games, who's pair with in a couple of years, play pair with Clay, who, you know, has his own injuries. Draymond missed already getting suspended. Like, again, I feel like I keep as I'm talking, I keep leading to the answer of like, we need to make a move. And I'm, I'm still not 100 percent sure because. Again, I don't know what that move even looks like. I know a lot of people are going for Siakam, which is what I did. I went for last year too. And then I've seen Lowry Markkinen and I'm like, why would Utah get rid of Lowry Markkinen? That makes no sense. I don't know why his name's out in any trade rumors, but it seems to be, you know, there's the OG and Anobi thing. Okay, well, any age wants draft picks more than likely is my guess. But my thing was, is that if you trade like your best player, wouldn't you want to have confidence that you already have someone who can like be as good as that guy? Like, you know, I don't know, the Steph-Monte crossroads trade Monte because you think Steph's going to be better at some point. Like, the Utah Jazz don't really have anyone. It's like, Larry's 26. He could fit in their little their little rebuild era. He's, he's, on a, he's on a $16 million a year contract for the next two years. Like, he's, I don't know why. I guess Danny Ainge, though, is just like, a, that guy's not lost a trade in, like, the past decade. So I bet he'd get an insane return. Okay, but, here here's what I think about this season. It's going to be the first season where the Warriors do not really have an excuse as to maybe and, and and this is this is all depending on if they're not as good as as we thought that they were because you can go back to uh 2019 Katie gets hurt Clay gets hurt that's the reason why they lost the championship 2020 Steph misses the entire year 2021 no clay uh, the entire no clay year. the entire year as well 
2022, they had the excuse ready, which is Clay coming back off of injury. Uh, and then they they put it together. 2023, Jordan Poole and Draymond, the punch. Wiggins. And yeah, the Wiggins thing was, you know, we still don't even really know a, hundred, a lot about that situation. But yeah, he missed. And then he tried to come back at the end for the playoffs. And he he was not himself. So this year is really the first year, as far as I can see so far of the stories, that there's not going to be one issue that they could point to as to say this is the excuse as to why we didn't do it so you know i think this is like the push comes to shove year for the warriors it's it's clay clay is on a uh at the end of his deal he's going to be a free agent uh cp was traded so that he could push help push these guys past past the finish line they gave up an asset though a, a, a more than likely a declining asset if you're watching Jordan Poole play this year. Uh, they did not give up on Kaminga. They did not give up on Moody. They did give up on Wiseman. So you have these pieces and you're like, okay, let's see that. Let's see it all work out. There's some small things like Wiggins just not being great, Clay not being great, but this is just who Clay might be. Uh, I think he deserves the opportunity to, you know, play a few more games before we decide if this is who he is or if maybe we can use him in a different way. Can he still be used in the same way? Cause you talked about those issues that he has where it looks like he's trying to do something that maybe he cannot do with the defense. And that's what creates the turnovers. Uh, the game that you, the, the podcast that you missed when I talked to Ben uh, McDaniels, he was guarding Clay because there was no Steph. And immediately, uh, not, not, uh, was it McDaniels? Yeah, immediately, yeah, McDaniels. what happens is, is he's guarding Steph full court. Clay full and, court. I'm sorry. Yeah, Clay full court. And, and Clay's getting so frustrated to the for two possessions. He, he has to push off with his right hand to bring the ball up the court. So I could already tell from those two possessions, I was like, this is going to be bad for Clay. And then, we saw the grabbing of the jersey and all that stuff that happened. So, uh, the, 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 like, I don't think there's an excuse that they're going to be able to point to right now. Maybe they'll find one. Maybe it'll be Draymond not being able to keep his composure or whatever. But I don't, I don't see a big bullseye as to why, as to the reason. You're just going to have to define the season as what it is and the team as what it is. And because there is, there is no scapegoat here. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like some answers that I would lean towards trying out before making such a, a drastic change and trading someone is switching up the starting lineup. But, you know, Clay's reaction to Tim Kawakami <laughs> already suggests that he's never going to come off the bench. And maybe that would be my adjustment is to start Moody over him, bring him in with the CP unit instead of starting him with the starters. But I don't know. We know Clay likes to get his... They'd like to find him early to get him going. It's just, I feel like it's kind of, it's a little messy where it's like, yes, I want to put my full faith behind the guys who've been able to do it for the past decade. But at the same time, it's, are they, are, is he able to? I have a small conspiracy theory about that. Tim Kawakami asked Clay the question, kind of about what we're saying, like how much rope do you give Clay to make sure that, you know, to, to, to allow him to be Clay again? And Clay took that as, you know, well, what do you want him to do? Bench me? And Kerr, by him saying that, it puts Kerr 
in the position of, oh, if he does bench Clay or if he does take Clay out, does he see the same thing that, you know, that that Kawakami asked or whatever? And when Kerr did not put, did not keep Moody in that game as we're closing the game against Sacramento, a game in which the Warriors were comfortably ahead for a large majority of it. In the back of my, in the back of his mind, I do wonder if Kerr was like, if I take Clay out right now, or if I don't put him back in right now, do I lose him? Because he was very emotional on, not emotional in a crying way or anything, but in a, the way that he took that question kind of way. And, and a, he wasn't flying paper airplanes while Tim was asking him this question. <laughs> but I like what MT said, where it's like, but there were still like six minutes left when they pulled Moody for Clay, or like was like five minutes left. It's like you could have just kept Moody in for a couple more minutes. I wanted, yeah, I wanted another two or three possessions. Maybe you, maybe Moody's right. on a heater. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, our guy uh, Davis, aka Drip, he he disagrees with you about the Clippers. He says the Clippers are going to be their own worst enemy. He thinks the Warriors are going to get the W. Um, I hope so. I just think Clippers were coming off back to back, and it still was a close game. You know, they they are too similar to the Warriors, though. To where I, I'm I'm not sure that the Warriors, unless you get unless you give me a healthy a healthy dose of like Bones Highland or something. They just play at such a slow pace that I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried like I am when the Warriors play the Thunder where they're just boat racing up and down and you're worried about all these possessions and the Warriors are so tired. Like the Clippers kind of play to the Warriors style. So I just think the We've Warriors kinda are always had the Clippers number two. Like, I mean, I think we lost to them last year and Steph had like 55 or something like that. But in years past, like they've always been relatively close games, but we've Steph's always kind of come on top of, of those. But I just think with this one, um, they beat the Kings. The Kings were coming off a back to back. So they we they beat us and then go play a back to back against the Clippers. The Clippers beat them and then the Clippers go play a back to back against us. And then we beat the Clippers like a little triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, you just I was interested on like. I almost would have rather had Clay on Paul George and Moody on Harden because I feel like Paul George is Moody's like an interesting defender where he's not like this great like point of attack guy and he's not really going to be able to guard like your really quick point guards like Fox will kill the guy Malik Monk will kill the guy Darius Garland any of those really fast guards is taking Moody off the dribble jaw right but I feel like Moody's kind of good at guarding those little like I, I watched a few possessions on Moody on SGA and I was like, wow, Moody's like kind of keeping up because SGA is a little more it's like slower, methodical. And I just feel like Harden maybe fits that mold that that Moody could probably guard well. And I, I just don't I just didn't think he was going to he was good at guarding PG. Moody's got those go go gadget arms. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Just raises his arms. You're like, whoa, where does arms come from? So long. Uh, Davis also wondered if their excuse for this season, if the season doesn't go the way that we hope, would just be loyalty. You can't even use that as an excuse, though, because they've won four titles by by running it that way. It, the, 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 it would be more of a reason, but not anything that you could use as a scapegoat because you, you're running it back with the guys that you trust. Uh you know, I think for, for Steve Kerr, the hard part for him is can he adjust because he sees something that doesn't bode well for the current team? Like, could Steve Kerr decide that 
I don't know, Kavon Looney is all of a sudden not worthy of or 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 not at his best in playing 25 minutes a game. Is he does he go down to 18? Uh, does does Sharich play more? Uh, does uh, a- a- is Andrew Wiggins better with? Uh, you know, a little bit more rest than you see coming a more like those are the things that I think he can adjust to. But also what makes that hard is he knows what he knows, which is these guys, I can rely on them and they've come through for me in the past. And I cannot say the same thing about Kaminga and Moody uh, and guys like that. So that's what's really hard about this scenario is you don't believe in those other guys yet because they haven't shown you. I like the Moody to start thing just because he is that sort of consistent energy. He's not going to give you more. He's not going to give you less. He's not going to throw the ball all over the place trying to make a bunch of plays. He he may pass up a shot or two. That could be frustrating, but I like it. I like him starting for Wiggins. And, you know, look, it's 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 pop. Wiggins right? long term though, not long term. No, 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 for for right now. Yeah. He could be but that this is where he can try and gain a little bit of trust. But Steve Kerr has to like he has to put him in there. And and I know he's making the decision. Well, is it Moody? Is it Kaminga? And just because of the way that they play, Kaminga fits a little bit better as a four. But he's he's got to use these opportunities of where Wiggins slams his finger in the door or whatever happened. You got okay, we don't want we don't want him to miss this game. But now I got to put Moody in situations that I would put Wiggins in because I have to know if I can trust him in those situations. I think these are those moments. Same with uh, when Draymond was gone, right? This is why I was so bothered that Kaminga didn't play 35 minutes a game. I'm like, just throw him out there, figure it out. By the time Draymond comes back, you have more data about who Kaminga is right now. So those are the things that frustrate me. And it looks like the solution it's just to go some super small because at least the super small guys can actually create shots. And that's why we saw the Steph Curry, Corey Joseph and B pods lineup. And the last time I asked you about this, I said, could we see a Curry GP pods lineup? And you said, no, they're too small. And they did it. They did it anyways. <laughs> that's what they ran yesterday. was just a super small lineup, which I was so surprised because Man, no, nobody over 6-3 in the backcourt. It was crazy. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they have like 10 players that they need to play. They have 10 guys who I feel like need to get run. And I have B-Pods in there. And I have, obviously, Moody, Kaminga, Sharich, CP. Am I missing anyone? Like, Corey Joseph, I don't think he should play <laughs> once CP's back. Nobody, but I don't, nobody I wouldn't be surprised wants if he gets run. that poor guy play. <laughs> I told you right when we got him, I was just going to get Chris Chioza hate for, like... Yeah. But he, at least he's, he's better than Chioza, but... He is better than Chioza. But what, I think what's interesting is kind of how... It seems, like, pretty well known within i don't know writers and reporters and even us that it feels like we do have a relatively <laughs> deep bench and kawakami said it is like the bench that middle of the lineup is like pretty darn solid and last year at this time how many games had lamb and ty jerome already clocked in as two ways we were we counting them one. We, we were counting down the games that they could <laughs> use these guys in <laughs> we haven't used one two-way guy yet uh, which is interesting because Usman Garuba's got size, and I feel like that would—he's kind of doing good in the G League. Well, they're, they're not even playing TJD right now. I know, no run whatsoever. I know, I know. So, like, there is—it's just the starters, man. Like, I need them to all just be capable. Like, like, don't be a minus, you know. And that, I feel like that's just not even that hard of a task for a guy like Clay, for a guy like Wiggs. And it seems like Wiggs found it out. Like, I, I think. I don't think Wiggs has necessarily had a bad game since when he broke out against what OKC in the second game, second yeah. OKC game when he yeah. went off. Like he hasn't yeah. necessarily had a bad game. Since and he had a great point. start in that Kings game. The Kings he game got tired, I think, at the end. Yeah. So we have a Saturday afternoon tip: Warriors and Clippers. Kind of an interesting time to, to play that game. Is it? That's not an ABC game, is it? What time is, is it? A normal at? game. One o'clock. I thought they don't start doing ABC games until like ooh, second half the, of the season or something. No, first ABC game. Remember what it was last year? Uh, Warriors Boston. Yeah, Warriors Boston. Wasn't that like before Christmas? Yeah, or it no? would have been a couple weeks before Christmas. That was the same night as my holiday party. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I know they wouldn't. Warriors Clippers wouldn't be the first ABC game. No, it's just so, a normal. It's just a normal I'm game. Sure it's normal. Yeah. NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, are so, they in Los Angeles? Or are they staying at Chase in Los Angeles? Interesting. Okay. So next week, back. yeah. Next week it's at home against the Blazers on Wednesday. I want to so go they, to that game. They get a nice break here. But you want to see, see Scoot? Is Scoot even playing? He is kind of playing, but it's more so they have a Draymond bobblehead that looks awesome. He's like a broadcaster bobblehead that I want. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, and then Friday, and I, you know, we always talk like me and my buddy Eric, who live in the city, we're like, we got to find that like Tuesday versus Indiana Pacers game. And, you know, those Indiana Pacers tickets now will sell for like a, probably a good ticket because they're a really good team. But in previous years, it's always been like that Tuesday Pacers game, which is always the cheapest out there. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if this year it's like the Wednesday Blazers game or I'm sure whenever the Pistons come to town, I'm sure that's a cheap ticket. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's I mean, it's basketball as long as the warriors play most of their guys it'll still be fun you get to see sometimes you get some gems in those kind of games um all right so and then and then like i said uh they also play the thunder i'm just like thunder again jeez and those are the those are the games four thunder games man four the, thunder games and those games are there because the warriors did not make it to the uh, knockout round of the tournament here but i before we get out of here we're going short today uh, cuz you have some some stuff going on but i do want to 
take a look at this bracket here. And I want to get your thoughts on this in-season tournament and what what finals do you want to see or what championship game do you want to see is kind of where I'm going with this. Because I know right away what I want. Kings was, versus Pacers. Kings versus Pacers. Okay, so th- so that's the ABC Saturday night championship Vegas game. <laughs> Getting it's the least viewership. The team from Indiana. Um, I, I, I mean, Indiana very well. I mean, they're the number two seed here in this tournament. But if they were if they were to knock off Boston and then knock off the Bucks in the same tournament, holy cow! Well, the Bucks you shouldn't write off the Knicks for an easy win. For the well, Bucks to I'm get an just, easy I'm win, I'm just saying who who people want to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people want Boston versus Lakers. I'm sure Boston versus Phoenix, one of the two. Um, but I mean, the Kings and the Pacers, I think, would be the most entertaining game. Remember that you know the seven minutes of Pacers versus Hawks that we watched, and it was super entertaining. You'd literally just be that again. Um, so, and then there's the subplot with, uh, Halliburton getting traded to the Kings who are traded to the Pacers who won the trade, you know, they couldn't play together. Now they're like two of the best five point guards in the league. Um, so I think that would be an entertaining storyline. I think for the Kings though, I think their toughest matchup besides whoever they play in the championship is the Pelicans. The Pelicans have beaten them two times this season, whooped them the first time, a fully healthy Kings team. Second time Kings didn't have Keegan Pelicans still win by like nine. So I think that that's going to be the tough game for them, especially Pelicans have Trey Murphy back. Um, so I think that's their like toughest matchup is that first match. I think they could beat the Lakers. They've proven it time and time again. I think Phoenix is a little tougher for them, but I think they could beat Phoenix. Literally just the Pelicans. That's the one where I don't, I don't know if they get by, which is the first game. Lakers versus Phoenix must watch though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Tuesday. That'll be this, tu- this upcoming Tuesday. I want to see, I, I mean, either the Kings or the Suns, and in the other side, uh, Boston is kind of must see basketball. Uh, I don't know about the Bucks. The Bucks, they're even though they're the number one seed here, I'm still not quite sure if I am in love with with their team right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean it'll it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun no matter what. And man, I I, I kind of wish that I was in Vegas for this, but I'm kind of happy that I'm not because I imagine it's going to be pretty insane with all the basketball junkies out there. Yeah. I'm interested how the first time first go around with this is going to work. Like my thing was, I think I posed the question in our podcast that do you think that at some point, you know, in the next decade or five years that there'll be another in season tournament, say within like the post all-star break to mid March segment, like have two, like have two and one because I feel like this worked, you know, we haven't seen how it's going to finish yet, but it seems like, you know, the players cared uh, and Tyrese Halliburton had an interesting quote that Bill Simmons, I know, talked about was like, you know, we were kind of discussing amongst ourselves, like, how do you get like the big stars to care? Mm-hmm. They have so much money already, this and that. And, you know, we see this bracket right now. It's missing the Warriors. It's missing the Nuggets, you know, some powerhouse stars that aren't playing. But you look at like. You know, the Pacers, where Tyrese Halliburton's quote was like, look, I care because I've never won anything. Yeah. Like, I wanna, I, I'm just a competitor. And I feel like sometimes we always, we tend to forget, like, the All-Star break isn't comparable to, you know, regular season basketball with stakes. You know, the, like, players can care less about that All-Star game. But this is actually regular season basketball. Games count towards your record. Cool courts, cool uniforms, you know, uh, national televised game. Like, these, I think... 
do we just forget like these guys are just like the most grittiest natural competitors in like the world yeah you know what i would do now we don't have to, we don't have to sit here and talk about changes because you know this is the first year so far it's been fine and like you said halliburton I, that's why i look at De'Aaron fox on the other side like they're trying to become household names and this is like a nice little thing for them uh i, I don't know who else would possibly gain the most from winning the whole thing or getting to Halloran the finals box. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those two. two guys I think are, are the top two, unless it's Zion, Zion. coming out party is, I mean, is he even, he, he missed some games recently. Okay. He's healthy. But you know, the one thing that I wish you could do is I would extend the period a little bit longer because the first 20 games of the season, it's not necessarily how the teams are going to look by the end of the season. But isn't that to counterpoint? That's what lets the Pacers be here. That's what lets, yeah, I guess, I guess really just the Pacers. Like that's kind of how I feel like they're able to sneak into something like this. Like, I feel like Orlando should have been here and that would have been another one where it's like kind of hot start. You don't really get to see them in May. You know, I I almost kind of like that for that purpose. I know you might not be getting the best team. Nuggets are the best team, but you know, I think you, you kind of get some of these Pelicans, like the Pelicans, right? Like they're the three seed. They wouldn't, I don't think they'd be in this if this was, you know, a playoff type of end of the season I, thing. I would extend the period and maybe this becomes, maybe somehow it becomes related to, to All-Star Game Weekend or or something, but I would extend the period to where, I, I don't know, three, what did the Warriors play? Three games in, in their four, four games? And so is four games enough to determine, you know, whether or not a team should should be involved in what they are telling us is an important tournament? I don't know. Six or seven seems to be a little bit more of a substantial number. Do you get to 10 percent of your season? Do you get to eight? You know, that that kind of thing is is more so what I'm thinking about, which is can, how, how do you make it even more impactful uh, so that the right teams make it. But then again, maybe like you said, you know, uh, an Indiana or an Orlando, if they were to get hot or a Sacramento, but I feel like Sacramento and Indiana are probably going to be in the mix come the, we'll the season. I hope so. so we'll see. I, but I, I you know what I this kind of reminded me of just as a, as a Warriors fan, what I wanted was I wanted them to chunk it up and say, okay, you know, maybe for the first round, we play these four games and then we're going to take some time away. And then we come back and here's the second round of games. And then we combine that somehow. I just didn't like the, you know, the first, the first 15, 20 games of the season. Cause yeah, you know, there, there, there's teams that are, that means my team's not going to be there. (laughs) Well, if the warriors were there, I'd be way more interested for sure. But I think it's still interesting even without them being there and and for their benefit, uh, maybe it does benefit them so uh, that they can actually play some of these other games at a, at a normal pace and not that that Sacramento game was nuts. And the referees, they had the referees got their tight butt cheeks during that My game. Like what's going on here? What I wanted to say is this kind of reminds me of like, you know, I'm not much as much of an NFL head as of course I am an NBA guy, but this reminded me of if like divisions mattered in the NBA where in the NFL, like, isn't the saying always kind of like, you know, you have a divisional matchup. That game's just always going to be closer than if it was a non-divisional matchup. Isn't yeah. that like a thing? 
Yeah, yeah. right. Like that, that that's kind of how this what this reminded me of. Like there felt like there was just every game was relatively competitive. Even when the Warriors are playing the Spurs, they, 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 it seems like they might lose it at the end. Really, all those games in season tournament games for the Warriors were pretty competitive. And that's probably more of a tribute to their bad defense and their ability to not close games well. But I felt like it was relatively close games across the board, except for a few outliers like Chicago and Boston, where they're doing hack a drum and up 30. Um, but no, I felt like, yeah, if divisions mattered in the NBA, this, that's what the in-season tournament felt like. Well, the other thing I would have done is I would have uh, made the quarterfinals brackets to be East versus West. Because then you could get uh, Sacramento and Lakers in the championship, or you could get a Boston and a Milwaukee. Yeah, true. I'm with that. I'm with that. Like, I don't think I don't think conferences matter should have mattered as much in like an in season tournament. I think it would have been cooler because you would you'd have been able to see some cross conference yeah. plays of games that mattered. You know. Um, all right, we're we're gonna get out of here. Bryce got some stuff to do, but on Sunday evening, we're not gonna go right after. Eagles Niners Rod and I because I actually have uh, I have some stuff to do on on Sunday night after the game but we'll be back in the evening I'll I'll, I'll get the the live stream up and I'll post to uh, our discord early so that people know when Rod and I are going live and I'm going to try and get a pregame show out which will be audio only for the 49ers Eagles tomorrow not going to promise promise but uh, i'm gonna try and see if i can get that out early enough to where it matters but uh all right we got a short one here brian and i will be back at some point next week um and uh, and get back uh, on a longer podcast but fix your internet and all that stuff you know you got your nice your 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 little do you have a name for that space yet where where all your computer and stuff is no i'll think of one (laughs) it's like uh is it like a laundry room technically or something? <laughs> yeah, I think it's called like a mud room. A mud room. I've never heard of it, but yeah. It's, yeah. All right. Thanks to uh Davis, aka Drip, for for hanging out. We we uh he he's always hanging out with me and Rod after 49er games too. So all right, for Bry, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.